0: The 118th Congress was seated yesterday, and we still don't have a Speaker of the House as of this reporting. A divided Washington takes center stage today on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. New year, same us. Justin <laughs> Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you talking about the 118th Congress that was seated sort of yesterday. Again, today we're recording as of January the 4th in the year of our Lord 2023. It is 9:32 a.m. and as of the recording of this podcast, we still don't have a speaker of the house. We still assume it will be Kevin McCarthy. We That's watched the, the first
1: two votes yesterday together. Yeah. yeah. Um I watched the third while folding laundry uh, and helping kids with homework. Uh, that was probably more entertaining than watching the vote on C-SPAN. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the C-SPAN vote. Daddy, why do we have to have this on? <laughs> I was like, well, this is history, okay? That's why we have to have this on. Uh, and I have a 10, 8, and 5-year-old, so it's it's to be expected. Right. Of course, most 35 uh, year old 36-year-olds can't handle it either. Right. Uh, and so what we see here going on in Washington, for those of you that uh, aren't familiar, you need 218 a majority of the votes present. There are two hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, four hundred and thirty-four members voting Correct. right now. There's a member from Virginia who is passed n- away. who passed away, Correct. so the f- seat has not been filled.
0: And there's one who's already been seated. George Santos has already been S- seated. He got sworn in yesterday. Did uh, you hear
1: that? Yeah, he I heard that. Um, he's a unique individual. <laughs> um, just Google George. It's, I learned George Santos is not even his real name, um, but no, that's the help. name on the ballot. That's the name he's gone by. He's a lot of issues. I mean, he's he's taken a, a Saturday walk in the park, something like that. Well done. Uh, So... I, I think what we see here. Uh, and, and let me go back to the math. Two hundred and eighteen votes yes. are what you need to be the speaker, the majority of votes in the House. Yesterday, the closest anybody could get uh, was two hundred and twelve. It was Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem uh, Jeffries, who is the Democrat from New York, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. He's the uh, the something brother from Brooklyn, and I the, the bona fide brother from Brooklyn. Yeah. So uh, only uh, Democrats were allowed to. Uh, here's extoriate. a here's a crazy thought. When you're voting. After the first vote, I mean, like, if you want to like make a celebration Grandstand. of it, yeah, grand. You call it what you want. Uh, Grandstanding is probably an accurate. Uh, when you're voting, vote. Say yeah. Jeffries. Say McCarthy. Or, say or Jordan. Or is, or is the or is the congresswoman from the first in South Carolina said Kevin? Kevin McCarthy. Uh, so they're on a first name basis. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, which is fine. Um, so you know, I think. What we see, and, and as Jeffrey's got 212 in the third vote, what we what we have was, uh, you know, Republicans realized, at, well, the House as a whole realized we're at an impasse. Correct. Uh, we can't go any further. And so a gentleman from Oklahoma called for recess until noon today, which if you're listening to this, it's probably afternoon, or maybe right. not. Um, maybe. So now what we see, and we don't know what's happening afternoon, um, we. We assume that uh, Representative Congressman McCarthy uh, from Bakersfield, California, has done some work overnight. He and his staff have done some work overnight to shore up the 20 votes. Uh, he needs 16 of those 20 to get to 218. Uh, he's shoring up those votes, doing what he needs to do to get there. Uh, here's, here's, here's the bigger issue.
0: You only have a two. You only have a four. Uh, ten seat majority, right? Two twenty two, I believe is the number that you have. Yeah, two twenty two. Two twenty two. So you can't, like. Here's the thing. <clears throat> if anybody defects any more from Kevin McCarthy, basically what he's telling his members is, if you leave me now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. And I think what we find is. He's been the minority leader for the last 4 years, going on 5. And there there is a segment of the conference that might not have personal animus toward him, but certainly don't want his brand of leadership. Right. But what they're doing, Mitch, and here's the problem I have, I am more than okay with the process playing out the way it is. I whatever. Um but you're opening the door here, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, you're 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 not presenting a viable option. The man you are nominating
1: does not want to be speaker. On the second vote, he gave the nomination speech for Representative Congressman what would McCarthy. You ra- what would you rather be, Speaker of the House or Chairman of Judiciary? Uh, well, in this case, I think I'd take Chairman of Judiciary because you're in a lose-lose job with Speaker of the House. Correct. So he see, doesn't want See it. Nancy Pelosi. That, that's uh, all. Nancy
0: DeLessandro Pelosi. That's important. Uh, From never Baltimore. Heard, never heard her middle name before. Born in 1940.
1: Her maiden name. Yeah, she's 82 years old. 1940 as a i don't know when her birthday is but 83 this year yeah so still serving so as we look at this and and once again we don't know what the math's going to look like this right. afternoon as as these votes are counted and and jockeyed for horse trading overnight and <laughs> if you don't like if you don't like to see how sausage is made close your eyes and ears mm-hmm. uh, you know for the next uh, 18 to 24 hours because or or at least the last uh, 12 because that's exactly what's happening we're seeing political uh, th- Political posturing and and, and horse trading no, happening right now.
0: We're seeing political banging my head against the
1: wall so, in an
0: effort to make my opponent bleed.
1: So and 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 a lot of people think this is personal. It's not. In fact, the, the gentleman from Oklahoma who gave the nominating speech for Representative uh, Congressman Jordan from Ohio said, "Listen, I like." Congressman McCarthy, I, it, we're friends, but we can't have his kind of squishy middle of the road leadership when it comes to holding uh, this administration, speaking the Biden administration, accountable on things like federal spending and deficit, you know, deficit reduction, and and, and I think, uh, rep- or I keep saying represented. I'm so used to state politics. Now, Congressman Scalise did a great job in his, I believe it was the third, Uh, maybe the second vote. It's Mm -hmm. it's all a blur at this point. Uh, That that folding of laundry really gets to you. Uh, uh, He says, we've got to unite, and this is where we're going with this. We've got to unite behind somebody because we have to hold this administration accountable for things like infrastructure and roads, for things like deficit spending. So they're saying the same things. It's just how we're going to get there at this point is drastically different.
0: Well, and that leads to a couple of different conversations to be had. Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from the great state of Colorado, she and Matt Gaetz of Florida are really leading the charge here um, on this issue. Uh, Congressman Ralph Norman. I think from they're South feeling Carolina stronger every day. Feeling I, stronger every day, possibly. And um, uh, listen, Kevin McCarthy. I don't know if he needs twenty-five or 624. does Doesn't matter. However, it's many six votes and one he half needs. a dozen together, right? But this is what Lauren Boebert said last night on Special Report. With Brett Baer. Quote, this, I, I didn't watch this interview because I was in the kitchen making dinner. We have been in negotiations with Kevin McCarthy since the summer. Unfortunately, in the summer when those negotiations began, we were not taken seriously because our votes didn't seem to matter as much as they do in this slim majority now. She told Brett Baer she and two other colleagues offered McCarthy a proposal that would have allowed him to reach the 218 vote threshold needed in the first round. But he, quote, smugly refused. It was very common sense things like putting forward a border security bill, putting forward a term limits bill, having a measure in place to where if any member of Congress who offers an amendment to reduce the federal debt, that made an order. Basically, uh, she's saying we gave him an ultimatum and he said no, to which Brett Baer challenged her on this. He pushed back saying that her claims, that critics claim her proposals were untenable for any leader. Brett Baer did highlight a proposed change that would allow a House speaker to be removed from leadership if five members, five members could force a a vote of no confidence. Wow. Five members of the majority. There was nothing that we proposed that is unattainable for him," she responded. And with the single member motion to vacate, this has worked in the House of Representatives for nearly two centuries.
1: In a body of 222, five, five ain't many. Five members can sneeze at the same time. Five, five members, but calling for a vote uh, of no confidence. You know, and what I see here from uh, Representative Baber. Bobert, Bob from California, Bob, uh, Matt Getz, uh, others is the the same thing that we've seen for so long, and and it's the purest it's the purest mentality, when it, purest, purist p u r i s t, purest mm-hmm. mentality when it comes to politics. Right. And and don't get me wrong, I I, um, I have strong, hard, and fast convictions. You can call on me anytime to make sure that that we get the job done when it comes to holding fast to these convictions. When we enter into this arena of politics, specifically within the Congress, it's a I, and I hate to say this because this is a dirty word to a lot of people, it's about compromise. It's about ensuring that you get the job done to the best of your ability, given that there are two sides who are absolute opposition to one another. And, and let me just be clear, it's more like seven sides right now who are absolutely, uh, well, seven sides that are opposite in some way, shape, or form if you look at the facets of a diamond. The purest form of politics says it is all or nothing. And I love, I don't know who to attribute the quote. You can't attribute it to me. But the, the one who said when we, when we have the all or nothing approach, we often end up with the former and not the latter. Oh, we've it, seen that in South Carolina, haven't we? We've seen that over and over again, not just here in the Palmetto State, but nationwide. And that's exactly what you saw through three votes yesterday for Speaker of the House. I love what I watched yesterday. In the first two votes, Kevin McCarthy sat and his legs were crossed. I would do it, but his legs were crossed. He sat in the same chair opposite of Hakeem Jeffries. And, you know, that's this Different is what sides. we're doing. Mm-hmm. The third vote, he's absent. He is I think he's probably out he's trying whipping. to whip votes. He's whipping. And and I'll say this, if this is what we can expect over the next two years from a McCarthy speakership, if his whips are are not sure the votes going in, then then I think we may we may be in for more of the same well, newsworthy material. I,
0: I think I think we see that. We saw that um, with a couple of votes in the House where Republicans flipped that he didn't expect. Um, we, we, we've we seen that. We saw that in his forecast of how he thought the midterms would go. So we've seen that a lot. According to The Hill, uh, House GOP Speaker nominee Kevin McCarthy expressed optimism Tuesday night after um, he emerged with meetings with allied members, floating the possibility of winning the post with fewer than 218. Remember, we have this big deal about 218. Right. Both Nancy Pelosi... And John Boehner each won the speakership with just 216 votes in 2021 and 2015, respectively, John Boehner in 2015 and Nancy Pelosi in uh, 2021. What Kevin McCarthy says, quote, you're sitting at 202, so you need technically just 11 more votes to win. Democrats have 212 votes, you get 213 votes, and the others don't say another name, that's how you can win. You can win with 218, you can win with 222, but if you want to look at it, how you have to go about doing it, here's the thing. At what point does this start just becoming, all right, those are protest votes, I'm just going to vote present, I'm right. going to say another name, Right. we'll have a speaker, and we'll deal with it, because at some point... Uh, MSNBC and CNN got the talking points yesterday that the Republican Party is in disrepair and it's falling apart and no one can save it. And while it looks that way, I mean, it really does not look good sometimes. But again, at the same point, though, Mitch, I'll give you this. We talk about a divided Washington. That's how we led uh, with the the show today. Divided Washington is one thing in that we have a Republican-controlled House, a Democrat-controlled Senate, along with a Democratic president. But now, because the president and the House... Leadership or in different parties. You're going to see a little bit more gridlock. He's not going to be able to pass sweeping legislation like he did in 2022. It's going to have to be through small executive order fiat to get this stuff done. Right. Can Republicans, because I say Republicans, I can't say conservatives, can Republicans in the House coalesce for at least a year Behind a speaker that they approve of, we assume Kevin McCarthy at this point, right? And do the things that we mentioned: holding the Biden administration accountable, uh, reducing the funding of the extra eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, right. stopping the pouring in of fentanyl at the border that that has been talked about at nauseam the last couple of days. Can can they do that, or is this <clears throat> episode? a sign of deeper issues well
1: I think it goes back to what you said from representative congresswoman Bobert uh, from Colorado and Ga- Gates and others it comes down to what the agenda is it comes down to what the speaker's agenda is as we know the, the, the majority leader and the speaker they both set the agenda for what the house hears they set the com- they set the committees they set the conference committee they set it all they set what happens in the 118th Congress at least from the House of Representatives. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of unity behind any sort of agenda that right. the McCarthy Speakership would propose. Uh, and, and call me crazy, but I think, and, and not disunity within the House, I think the good thing about what we're seeing right now from the executive branch to the legislative branch of government is and the gridlock that we see there is a really good thing. It's actually what the founders came up with. And I love what, and and while I I think that the the whole back and forth may be a little more grandstanding than not, I love what the, the congressman from Oklahoma said yesterday in his third nominating speech. I said, this is what you get when you have true substantive debate. That's long been gone from the process in the houses of D.C. It moves quickly now. It, it, yeah. It's it's an empty room. It's more for the sound bite that you get off a of C-SPAN or that you can provide for the people back home to assure re-election. They're not really doing that. Um, yeah. So. What we're seeing now in this gridlock that hopefully we see for the next two years, assuming that Republicans can coalesce around a speaker... And, and do and, their job. And, and we get that. That is a good thing. Yeah. Because it means that things slow down in Washington. The Correct. worst thing in the world... And I love the Reagan quote. The the nine most scary words in the entire English language are... I am from the government
0: and I am here to help.
1: The government doesn't help anything.
0: No. I, I, at some point... It's, I, I know it's the age-old quote, you know, it's hard to say I'm sorry, um, but someone's going to have to do that, either Kevin McCarthy or the 20 Republican members of the conference at some point when this is over. But I'll tell you what, it's time for one of our favorite segments. We're bringing it back. It's time for Crazy Concepts in California. But
1: soon you were
2: gone and
1: already done. With
2: California. I-
1: Does anyone really know what time it is? That's the question a lot of people are asking these days when it comes to what's going on in the state of California. New laws kicking in yeah. this year. L- wild liberalism is definitely
0: a hard habit to break for uh, Governor Gavin Newsom and the liberal wing in California. Just a few things for you today. As emission requirements sunset, here, you ready for this? Starting now, on January 1st, this started just a couple of days ago, on January 1st, in the year of our Lord, 2023, regulations will require all trucks
1: this is have my a favorite.
0: 2010 model year engine or newer. You can't drive a truck or a large vehicle with a model engine year pre-2010. California is trying to make it as hard as possible to drive vehicles to be on the road here's the big thing a
1: lot of your big trucks like 18 wheelers have engine models older than 2010 yeah that's exactly it i what what we're seeing and you you nailed it south or south carolina if we're not careful it will be in about 10 to 15 years and that's what that's what the point of crazy concepts from california is don't bring your california to our carolina correct What we're seeing in California, they even made a law that, and and this sounds like a really good thing at first, if there's a bike on the right-hand side of the road, you have to switch lanes to go around that. Everything that they're doing, everything that the state of California is doing right now is to make it more difficult to drive a car and more reasonable, accessible to ride a bike. Now, I don't know about you, but we live in Columbia, South Carolina. Most places in the state of South Carolina it's very difficult to get where you need to go with anything other than a car.
0: Correct, I don't want to drive to work with my bicycle because I live across the river and it would take me a really long time right. to bike to work.
1: So what we're seeing from California, there are a lot of other laws that are coming into effect yeah. to uh, as of the new year or Correct. later on in 2023. What we're seeing is the progressive agenda from Governor Newsom and those in the progressive, liberal left of California, the left coast, hijacking the agenda and the rest of the state. Because, as we know, not all of California is liberal. There are many parts of the state that are extremely conservative. For instance, Bakersfield. Except for Sacramento, where
0: Governor Newsom, amid an increase in hate-fueled violence across the country, Governor Gavin Newsom, in September, signed legislation that now goes into effect to equalize and strengthen penalties for using hate symbols and bolster security for targeted religious and community-based nonprofits. Now, that sounds good, but this who determines what is or is not hate speech? AB 2282 per introduced by assembly member Rebecca bauer Kahan a democrat out of Orinda, California, brings parity to penalties for burning crosses and using swastikas and nooses. Currently, using a noose as a hate symbol carries the lightest penalty of the 3, while cross burning is the most highly penalized. How many crosses you seen burned? I, okay, real quick, full <laughs> disclosure. I know we got to wrap things up. Full disclosure, where I live, when I was like five, so this would have been before the turn of the century. Yeah. It had been 1999. Oof, I remember driving down the road and to the left in an open field. Do you know what I saw? Uh, I saw Klan members. I'm so serious. In 1999? I remember this as vivid as. As anything. I remember it. I didn't see a burning cross. The point is, do you know what I haven't seen since 1999? A
1: burning cross. Or any Klan member. And, and for those of you out there who are drawing non corollary here and saying we're for burning crosses and I'm nooses not, and I'm not at all. all. I'm
0: against all of that. The point is,
1: it's not a rampant issue that deserves stricter legislation. And what they're doing here is making it uh, a heftier crime for hate speech than it is for bringing a gun to school. Correct. bringing a gun to school gets you a social worker. A social worker, you this know, some you counselor. A this is a felony. And and don't get me wrong, I, I think that we're dealing with bad stuff here, but there's there's a disparity here there's when it comes to what's going here. on.
0: And it's, and it's uh, almost like they're controlling thoughts, controlling minds. Um, we get to our final point today. Um, and this happened, of course, on Monday night uh, during the Monday night football game between the Bengals and the Bills following the Rose Bowl. What was going to be a great day, what was a great day at that point of, of, of football, uh, Mississippi State won their bowl game. Um, the first game after Mike Leach's passing, Penn State wins the Rose Bowl for the first time ever, I think. Um, we're sports fans here. Yeah. Um, and sometimes sports meets weird moments uh, during uh, the infant stages of the game on Monday night between the Bills and the Bengals in Cincinnati, a major game, had a lot of playoff implications. DeMar Hamlin uh, made a tackle on T. Higgins, former Clemson wide receiver, and Higgins' helmet hit DeMar Hamlin's chest. After making the tackle, DeMar Hamlin got up. After about two seconds, he collapsed. On the field for for more than nine minutes, uh, they performed CPR for nine minutes, resuscitated him, uh, as it stands right now, again, his vital signs are improving. He is still, as I as far as I know, in an induced coma yes. to make sure that he he regains function and they can monitor him more closely, and his body doesn't go into something crazy. Um, but when you have moments like this, scary moments in sports, we've seen them before, but I don't think anything like this in my no, lifetime. No. Um, immediately, you hear the term thoughts and prayers. Right. And for those of us who are Christians and have a biblical worldview, we mean that. Absolutely. We mean that. There are others who don't. There are others who just use it. Dan Orlovsky uh, works for ESPN. Former quarterback. He was a quarterback at UConn, and then he was quarterback of the Detroit Lions back in the day, uh, say back in the day. He's the one who, there's a clip of him running, rolling out of the pocket, and he's actually running out of the end zone. He gets called for a safety. That's his claim to fame. Um but he's a great guy, yeah. And I've known he's a Christian because of what I've, I follow him on Twitter. He's he's done he's done the color commentary for several South Carolina games on ESPN, including the Gamecocks' upset win over Georgia back in 2019. He on NFL Live, their show that deals with the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's on the he's on at the table with Laura Rutledge, who's the host of the show. I, I met her before, great, and Marcus Spears, met him before, but all great human beings. What happened next in discussing the DeMar Hamlin issue, uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation, uh,
2: astounded me. This, this happened yesterday live on ESPN. Um, football gave me everything. You know, And I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm-hmm. as well. That it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like... This is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Sheriff and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I wanna, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. Demar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe... That your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're we're sad. We're angry, um, and we want answers. But some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Demar, for healing for Demar, for comfort for Demar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: It's beautiful. There are certain moments that capture you. This is one of them. More... Of us need to be like Dan. Yeah. More of us need to be unashamed, unafraid to pray publicly, without fear of reprisal, because we live in a free society. Here in here in America, I understand that we can still do this. He doesn't. He did not care what what his bosses thought. Right. He even said, and "I don't know if this is okay, but I'm going to do it." And I don't, know, I don't know who's in his ear saying what, but I, it it's a big deal. I don't imagine that anyone would say in his ear, don't do it. I would hope not. And if they did, he didn't care. The point is, more of us need to be like Dan. Yeah. And I applaud him for doing that. Um, and I applaud the other two at the desk for praying with him. Right, they bow their heads, they close their eyes. Praying with him, praying in agreement with him. Yeah. And... And acknowledging what he was doing, right? And when 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 the name of God is acknowledged on a on a on a station like ESPN, right? Huge it's audience. Deal. It's a big deal. Huge. Now on a smaller scale, you can do that with us this Friday, Friday January the Friday January the sixth at four p.m. We will be entering the state capitol to pray. Yep. Uh, prayer at the state house takes on another year, year number two, where we will pray before the members return on Tuesday. Right. Uh, and we don't want it to be just session. you
1: and me. We want it to be hundreds of people. Last and there year, will be hundreds of people. Last year
0: we had hundreds of people. This year we're hoping for more hundreds of people and less non people. Um, that's what we're hoping for. Yep. Um, so if you want to join us, it is free. You don't need to register. Nope. Just show up to the Statehouse on Friday, four January o'clock. the 6th at 4 o'clock. Make sure you're there ready to pray for our legislators in this next legislative session. Along with that, the next day we will have the March for Life here in. South Carolina, yes. lining up at the Russell House, which I'm pointing towards eleven the o'clock here, and then marching over to the state capitol on the Bay Street side, and then there will be the rally at the state house.
1: One more thing: if you're a student, high school, college, check out the Students for Life. Their march—it's the very first one they've done. It's the first one in a long time. Mm-hmm. You can go to SE Students for Life, uh, their their website. Uh, register for that. There's a rally after, uh, and and. How much family is a part of that? And making that happen. We're excited about what students are doing to raise the bar and the expectation for their generation to be pro-life, not just uh, pro-birth, but pro-life, as some would say, from the womb to the tomb, from conception to natural death and every stage in between. So all of those things happening this weekend. If you haven't gotten our magazine, grab one of these. You can go to our website, palmettofamily.org, or you can text, uh, email, Facebook, me, and I'll. if you live in the Midlands, I'll. as some of you would know, I'll, I will bring you one personally put them <laughs> on your porch or hand them to you uh, at, in, a, in a wherever you are uh, so grab one of these magazines awesome stuff inside some great stories and, and great uh stuff that's happening here at palmetto family council
0: after that this has the, been the first episode of the new year we appreciate you joining us we'll be back later this week but again join us on friday january the 6th at the state house at 4 p.m for prayer in the chambers we'll see you there for kevin caiello and dave wilson and Mitch Prosser. I'm Justin Hall. We will talk to you again very soon on the Fastest Chronic Conservative Podcast in the state of South Carolina.